Hello, and welcome to Field Notes, the weekly podcast of the Military Fellowship Center in Jacksonville, North Carolina, serving Marines stationed at Cap Lejeune and surrounding areas. Military Fellowship Center is a ministry of Military Evangelism Incorporated. Our speaker and host for the program is Dave Mason, the General Director of Military Evangelism and the Field Director at Jacksonville. Visit us on the web at militaryfellowshipministry.com or email us at militaryfellowshipctr at gmail.com. Now, here's Dave Mason. John chapter 6, picking up in verse number 41. The Jews then murmured at him because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. And they said, Is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph? whose father and mother we know? How is it then that he says, I came down from heaven? Jesus therefore answered and said unto them, Murmur not among yourselves. No man can come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they shall all be taught of God. Every man therefore that hath heard and hath learned of the Father cometh unto me. Not that any man has seen the Father, save which he which is of God. He has seen the Father. Verse 47, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me hath everlasting life. Now, since we last talked with you, uh, Jesus has gone on the move. He has been, uh, for the last few episodes, we've been talking in John chapter 6, after the feeding of the 5,000, after walking on the water, uh, after uh, the disciples go across the, river, the sea, and, and they end up in Can- uh, Capernaum, and the crowd follows and comes to Capernaum and finds Jesus and, and, and says, how'd you get here? And he starts teaching, and he starts telling them, and we've been talking these last few weeks about the bread of life. And so he's been speaking to these people who met him on the other side of the shore as they were walking to the synagogue. And now he seems to have gotten to the synagogue. There seems to be a slight lapse of time between verse 40 and verse 41. He starts talking to the religious elites. He's no longer just talking to the regular Joes that were hanging out with him and coming to him wanting for just more bread. But now the religious elite have come in. The, 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 the good Jews who you know, go to uh, uh, synagogue and, 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 and read their uh, scriptures, and, and, and they're, they're with him now. And the religionists are there. And he's directing his attention now towards them. And he's preaching about the truth still, that he is the only one from heaven, that he is the only way to heaven. And Jesus hears them murmuring. The Jews then murmured at him. He heard them. He overheard them murmuring. How? Well, he's God. Of course he knew they were murmuring. Webster's defines murmuring as a mumbled or muttered complaint in a low, half-articulate voice to utter sullen discontent. It's grumbling. It's speaking the things that you know are true and complaining about them. The word in verse 43 in the Greek, which is translated as murmur, literally means murmuring. And we are a people who murmur. We tend to speak under our breath, complaining about things, most of the time, things that are true. A murmur is merely our true heart's desire half-heartedly announced because of the restraint of our conscience. Uh, 
It is us actually saying what's really on our mind, the, the, the evil that's inside of us, the, the heartache that's inside of us, the, the pain that's inside of us, the anger, the evil that's in us. It's us half-heartedly murmuring it because our conscience restrains us from saying it out loud. You've got to remember that murmuring against God is a sin. So let's look at what these people were murmuring about and how we can escape that same temptation. John 6.41, the Jews then murmured at him because he said, I'm the bread which came down from heaven. Now let's jump forward to verse 44. Jesus is speaking and he says, No man can come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him, and I'll raise him up at the last day. The first thing we want to talk about is murmuring because your needs aren't met. The Jews, especially the ruling Jews, did not want to hear from this Messiah. They were murmuring because he said, well, I'm the bread that came down from heaven. You're, you're not meeting my needs, Jesus. You say that you're meeting the needs. You're the bread that came down from heaven. Bread, we understand. Bread symbolizes needs being met. You're not meeting our needs. See, they were looking for a charismatic military Messiah who would lead them out from under Roman oppression. Instead, what they got, instead of a man of power, wealth, social standing, they got Jesus, a humble, poor Servant of everyone he met. Matthew eleven twenty nine. Jesus said, Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. The Jews didn't want a leader like that. They wanted a powerful leader who would lead them to military victory. That's what they were getting with Jesus. They were murmuring against him saying, I'm the bread from heaven, because they felt like he wasn't meeting their needs as the Messiah. Now, the Jews have a history of murmuring. You look through the Bible and you see them murmuring over and over again. They murmured against the Lord in the wilderness because they didn't have water, because they didn't have food. And then when God gave them food, they murmured because the manna tasted the same every day and they wanted something that tasted different. They murmured against the leadership of Moses. And in Numbers fourteen twenty seven, you read this. How long, this is the Lord speaking, how long shall I bear... With this evil congregation, which murmur against me, I've heard the murmurings of the children of Israel, which they murmur against me. Remember, when you're complaining because you don't have what you think you need, you're actually complaining against the Lord because he has promised to provide you with all that you need. Not all that you want, but all that you need. We tend to murmur when we feel like our needs aren't met. God hasn't given me this. God hasn't given me that. God hasn't given me the other thing. And many, many a time, we want to blame God for the trouble we're in. But we're afraid to say it out loud. So we murmur. Let's go over to Lamentations chapter 3, verse 31. Listen to this. For the Lord will not cast off forever. But though he cause grief, yet he will have compassion according to the multitude of his mercies. For he does not afflict willingly, nor grieve the children of men, to crush under his feet all the prisoners of earth, to turn aside to the right of a man before the face of the Most High, to subvert a man in his cause, the Lord approves not. Who is he that says, and it shall come to pass when the Lord commandeth it not? Out of the mouth of the Most High proceeds not evil and good? Wherefore does the living man complain? a man for the punishment of his sins. Let us search and try our ways and turn again to the Lord. Let us lift up our heart with our hands unto the God 
of the heavens. Why do you think you have the right to complain? He is the Lord God of the heavens. And so Jesus answers these men's objections. You know, they, they object. Uh, how, how can he say that he's the bread that came down from heaven? Jesus says in verse 44, No man can come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him. And I'll raise him up the last day. What? How's that an answer, Jesus? How is that an answer? Oh, I love how the Lord puts these things together. They didn't come to him. They didn't lay their burden on him. They were not amicable to the wooing of the Holy Spirit. That's how he answers their objection. He's saying, listen, you're, you're offended by me. You're hurt by me because you won't come to me. The very Son of God, God in the flesh, your Messiah is standing before you, and you're complaining because you won't receive him as your Messiah. They were none of Jesus's. So they complained. Christian, let me ask you a question. When your life gets tough, can't you look at it sometimes through 2020 vision, looking back at the times you went through a hard time when things got really tough and say, much of that was my fault because I looked at it the wrong way. I was trying to do the right thing, but I was doing it in a wrong way. I was allowing my attitude to bury me. Listen, folks, unless we are willing to let the Spirit of God move us, we will remain bitter and murmuring. Look again at Lamentations chapter 3, verse 30, verse 40. Let us search and try our ways and turn again to the Lord. Let us lift up our hearts with our hands unto the God in the heavens. Listen, you've got to let the Spirit of God move upon you. And when God presents you with something that doesn't fit with your preconceived notion of how life's supposed to go, you've got to remember, if it's of God, it's right. And if you're against it, you're wrong. <laughs> Let's get back to our text, verse 42. And they said, is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it then that he says, I came down from heaven? Jump ahead to verse 45. Jesus says, it is written in the prophets, and they shall all they shall be all taught of God. Every man, therefore, that hath heard and hath learned of the Father cometh unto me. Well, sometimes we murmur because we don't think our needs are being met. Then other times, like these Jews right here, we murmur because our perceptions don't line up with the truth. They were disturbed by who Jesus was. Wait a second. This can't be the Messiah. This is Mary and Joseph's boy. We know of him. We've seen him grow up. How can he say, I came down from heaven? We know where he came from. See, they're disturbed because they don't want to admit who Jesus really is. And so they directly speak. Now they're no longer murmuring. Now they're directly speaking out what's in their hearts. He can't be the Messiah. He's the illegitimate child of a poor couple. That stigma of his supposed illegitimate birth followed our Lord throughout his life. Mark 6, 3. Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph and Judah and Simon? Are not his sisters here with us? And they, the religious crowd, were offended at him. John eight forty one. Speaking to Jesus, the religious elite say, You do the deeds of your father. Then said they to him, or sorry, Jesus said to them, You do the deeds of your father. Then they said to him, 
We be not born of fornication. We have one Father, even God. Jesus is trying to instruct them that they're not following God. And if you're not following God, you're following Satan. So he's saying you're doing the deeds of your father, Satan. And they said, oh, no, 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 no. We're not like you. We weren't born of fornication. See, that stigma followed him his whole life. They couldn't believe that God could give birth to a child through the Holy Ghost. That a woman who was a virgin could have a child because God deemed it so. They couldn't wrap their brains around it. They couldn't make themselves believe this truth. They were mad now because God was not working the way they wanted him to work. And we find ourselves in the same boat a lot of times. We know God needs to work in our lives. But we, instead of going to God and say, do what you need to do, we go to God and say, do this, do that, do it in this way, do it at this time. We want God to do things the way we want Him to do things. And God's ways aren't your ways. We say God's ways are mysterious, and they are mysterious. They're higher than our ways. They were upset because God wasn't working the way they wanted Him to work. And we do that same thing. We tell God, I need this, that, and the other, and I need it done this way, and I need it done right now. The truth is, folks, we need to be taught by God in His way. However way God wants to teach us, whatever process He wants to put us through, whatever pain He wants to put in our lives, whatever teachable moments He has to give us through heartache, through tribulation, however He wants to show us, whatever teacher He puts in your path, student, God has a way of teaching you. You just have to submit to it. God has a way of blessing you. You just have to submit to that blessing, the way He wants to bless you. Look at what Jesus says in verse 45 again. He says, It is written in the prophets, and they shall all taught they shall be all taught of God. Every man therefore that heard and hath learned of the Father cometh unto me. He's quoting Isaiah 54, 13, and all thy children shall be taught of the Lord, and great peace shall be of thy children. The great need in the church today is teaching. Jesus says, they shall be taught of God. Isaiah says, they shall be taught of the Lord. Teaching in the Word of God is the great need today in Christianity. We have too many folks going to church trying to feel good. They're going to church so they can hear the preacher say, you're all right. You're okay. You're perfect just the way you are. No, you're not. We are fallen. We are sinners. We have come short of the glory of God. And we have to remind ourselves of that. And even after salvation, we're not perfect yet. Oh, we're perfect in the heavens. God sees us that way. We are positionally perfect, but in practicality, we're not. We have problems. We have shortcomings. We have issues. And the great need in the church today is teaching in the Word of God, hearing, being fed, being instructed and learning the ways of God. And in doing that, we will understand God's will for our lives. But hearing is only the beginning. We have to apply what we hear. That's why Jesus says, He that hears and has learned application. It's not just hearing it, not just saying, Hey, I understand that. It's actually acting it out. I was talking to somebody last night and They were asking me about attitude and why I have a great attitude. And I don't think I have a great attitude most of the time, but they saw me as someone who has a great attitude. I said, look, you got to remember something. It's not what you believe, but what you do that determines 
how happy you are. You see, you can say, I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God, but if you don't act like it, you're not going to be happy. You can say, I believe that God has His best interest for me and that anything that comes against me is just to make things better. Romans 8.28, Romans 8.28, you can say that all you want, but until you act like it, you're never going to experience it. It's what we do that defines us. And so, hearing the Word of God, having a, a thick Bible with tons of notes in the corner and all that sorts of things, and pages and pages in our journal written out, and, and time on our knees in prayer, all of that is wonderful, and it should happen. But without practical living it out on a day-to-day basis, we're not learning. We're not learning. We have to apply what the Bible says, even when it goes against our own preferences what we like, what we want. See, the, Jesus came along and he was very subversive to these religious leaders. They wanted someone who's going to come along and say, you're right about everything. And Jesus came along and said, no, you're not right about most of anything. You've got a long way to go, buddy. And so we get back to our text and we go back to verse 42 again, where they say, is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How then, here's what it is, how is it then that he says, I came down from heaven? Jesus answers in verse 47, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me hath everlasting life. You see, there's murmuring because we don't think we're getting our needs met. There's murmuring because our perception doesn't line up with God. And then finally, there's murmuring because we just simply don't believe what God said. There comes a point when after you complain about your supposed needs, after you progress to complaining about your preferences, the next logical step is to admit by murmuring that you don't even believe God. It all boils down to faith. Do you believe what God said or not? If you don't have faith, you can't trust God for meeting your needs. If you don't have faith, you can't change your perceptions to fit God's reality. And that's just the way it is. I want you to note in verse 47, Jesus says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me. Not in me. On me. That speaks of a step of faith, not a statement of faith. A lot of folks out there who made a statement of faith, they've never taken a step of faith. A step of faith takes us towards God. It takes us out on a limb. It, it, it trusts God to catch us, to protect us, to provide for us. A statement of faith all too often is just lip service. It's meaningless to God. It's only said to placate our own souls, our own minds, or the minds of others. But a step of faith, that's risky. I've got a friend, uh, a singing evangelist, who says, faith is taking risks for the glory of God. Faith is taking risks for the glory of God. It's a step out. It's stepping out on that limb. It's It's that stepping out and just trusting God's going to catch you. Hebrews 11.6, but without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Without faith, you can't please him. Are you murmuring because you don't even believe what God said? You've got to have faith. You've got to come to God and believe that he is God, and that he will reward those who diligently seek him. Are you murmuring today? Are you questioning the validity and the honesty of God's Word? Because you perceive that your needs aren't being met, because your ideas don't line up with God's, because you don't believe all that God says. 
Let's make a commitment today to stop the murmuring in our lives. Until next week, I'm Dave Mason. Thank you for joining us for Field Notes. If you have been blessed by the preaching and teaching you have heard, consider visiting our website at militaryfellowshipministry.com and click the Donate button. Any amount will be a great help to us as we continue to reach our men and women in the military with the gospel. Join us next week as we continue our study of God's Word. God bless you.